We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we are live for real this time. It is the Sunday morning edition of the Field of 68 Best Bets podcast and Best Bets live stream. My name is Rob Dalsha. The gentleman you see next to me looking so fancy in his button-up shirt, trying to make me feel ashamed about the fact that all I got on is a T-shirt. Here's the one really Jeffrey Goodman. Jeffrey, how are you, sir? It's it's the haircut. No no hat. No, I got to record something after this. Otherwise, I'd be in a T-shirt and a hat. But Yeah, I was going to say, like, you, you look sharp. You got a haircut. You're dressed yeah. up. I, I mean, it's look, the, at the back, look, look at the background. You got a new background? Like, I, I don't even know who you are. Anymore. You don't even recognize me. I know. Well, that, that might be a good thing after yesterday's. Uh, uh, although... Uh, I think my my wagers that I gave on on this stream were okay, but man, when I doubled down on Tennessee at the half, and it was just yeah, it was it wasn't great. It wasn't yeah, great. I, I punted off a whole bunch of money on Tennessee. Like my record yesterday was actually pretty good. I think I went six and three, um, but yeah, it, I mean, <laughs> when you when you bet real heavy on uh, on on one team and they end up losing, it can kind of torpedo what you were. Uh, what your day could end up being. So um, what was the biggest storyline for you coming out of, uh, of Saturday's games? I think I know the answer. I don't think you do because I don't know if there was one that stood out. I mean, mine would be, I guess. All right, fine, fine. You want me to be honest? Mine would be all the Kansas fans that are celebrating like they won the national title and beat the number two team in the country when I don't think they beat the number two team in the country. That was not the number two team in the country. That was not the Baylor Bears last night that showed up in Lawrence, Kansas. I'll give Kansas credit, but all I'm saying is that was not the Baylor team that we saw pre-pause. And yeah. Scott Drew had a perfect quote afterwards. He said they yeah. spent the last three weeks getting better. We spent the last three weeks getting worse. Right, right. I mean, it's true. Like, again, just be honest. And I didn't hear Bill Self after – but my guess is he said something to that effect. If I had to guess, Bill Self didn't say, hey, we beat Baylor at their best. He probably said, hey, we, we played well, which they did. Don't take anything away from them. But again, don't act like you just beat Baylor at their peak. They weren't. They were coming back. They were still like five days off a three-week pause in which, from what I was told, Rob, eight guys got hit with COVID. On that pause, eight players on Baylor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's very clear that they aren't the team that they were before the shutdown. And I mean, we can reel off stats if you want me to reel off stats. They uh, they were shooting um, forty three point nine percent, best in the country from three. 
before the pause. Uh, in the last two games, they're shooting 28% from three. They were um, top five in the country in defensive turnover rate at 20, forcing turnovers on 26% of their opponent's possessions. The last two games, that number has been 23.4%. Uh, they were top five in the country in offensive rebounding rate at 38.5%. Uh, heading into the pause in the last two games, they've been at 31%. Um, they're not as crisp uh, defensively, you can see it in their legs. Like the the jump shots aren't aren't as fall, uh, falling as easily. They're slower in their rotations, and like so much of Baylor's defense comes down to their ability to rotate and be in the right spot every single time down the floor, and that's just not there right now. And I don't look. You can't take any credit away from Kansas because their game plan was perfect. They executed that game plan to perfection, and they were like they were in complete control for that entire game. It never felt like Kansas was not going to win that game after it tipped off. And, and that's credit to Kansas. Um, but, I mean, that's not – like, I, I you can – I don't understand why people are so upset when you can say on like one Kansas hand, yes. Beat, listen, if you're Kansas, you beat a fringe top 25 team yesterday. That's yeah, basically I mean, what you beat. Yeah, it is. that's fine. But, like, look, the, the, point, the point is – and it, it could be all of these things. Baylor is not Baylor. Kansas right. played really, really well, and they're – Kansas has gotten better. They've gotten yeah. better. Yes. Um, the big thing for me with Kansas yep. is uh, David McCormick's turnaround has been unbelievable. David McCormick. Unbelievable. I'll give you credit on that one because he came through. So I, I, I ran the numbers a little bit last night, and, and I got some some these, – these numbers are crazy, okay? Let me make sure I have them right, so I'm going to bring them up real quick because I got them on my phone. Um, prior to league play, there was a point after the game, the first game against Texas Tech, when uh, when McCormick was just awful, that he had a usage rate over thirty, which is just like exceptionally high, um, and an offensive rating, yeah, and an offensive rating of seventy five, which is like just atrocious. Um, <laughs> he in missed league, every shot. Remember, he was falling away on every single shot, yes. missing everything around yeah. about. In league play, his offensive rating is one sixteen. And his usage rate is 28.5. I'm going to put some context on this, okay? Luca Garza's offensive rating is 124.2, and his usage rate is 31. True Timmy's offensive rating is 129.3, and his usage rate is 26.4. Hunter Dickinson's offensive rating is 119.7, and his usage rate is 26. In Big 12 play, David McCormick has been on par with the best three big guys in the country when it comes to uh, the, the offensive efficiency and their ability to create in the post. Uh, and combine all of that with the fact that over the course of like the last seven games on this recent run, uh, Kansas has not given up more than 1.0 points per possession in any of those games. They're like, they figured it out. Anthony, we, were, we wanted to know. Wait, who let, me just, let me interrupt you. Let me interrupt you. Anthony's saying excuses. Michigan was fine. They handled it. You're right. Juwan Howard did handle it smarter. He didn't play right away. He waited. He waited nine days coming off the pause. There's, and there's, and the, there's also a huge difference, too. Baylor had players that got sick. Right. Michigan had Michigan to go into no. lockdown because there was a positive in their, in their nobody. department. Right. Yeah. Nobody got hit. Like, there's a, there's it an, there's, a while. People don't get this. That certain kids, yes, you're asymptomatic and you life goes on and you're fine. Other kids, you get hit with COVID. Like, I talked to those Baylor kids. Rob, I did that story. Remember, I talked to all of them over Zoom. Mm -hmm. There were a few of them that looked like they had no energy talking to me. They were they were flat out gassed. So, to me, you've you've got that, and then you've got the long layoff. And again, some guys come back quicker than others, but don't. It's not apples and apples with every shutdown. So so cut the shit. Yeah, cut no. Look, shit. I that's it's a very very important point that we just made there. 
Baylor, there were two shutdowns, right? Baylor was shut down for two weeks and then had, or I'm sorry, uh, Michigan was shut down for two weeks and then had a week to, to practice and didn't have anyone get sick. Baylor was shut down for three weeks, had two days to practice to get back into it, and had, like you mentioned, eight players on their roster get COVID. The difference there, like it's not even, it's not apples to apples at all. It's not even a comparison, so stop fucking making it. Had to get that out. Right. Um, right. It's just stupid. It's like, come on, people. Did yeah, you not I, watch Baylor for the first two months of the year? They were clearly, along with Gonzaga, the best teams in the country. And I know Michigan's been great. I'm not taking anything away from them. But don't compare them coming back from Baylor coming back. Also, Baylor played at Kansas. Okay? At Kansas. I, I get Kansas isn't Kansas. I've said it over and over. It's still playing Lawrence in Lawrence on senior night. Cut the shit. Don't don't yeah. compare. All right, let's let's move on. Let's move on. We don't need to beat a dead horse here. Um, what was the next biggest story for you? Was it Cade Cunningham dropping 40? Was it North Carolina bouncing back with a win over Florida State? Was it Illinois going into Wisconsin and winning without Io DeSumo? Was it Arkansas? Was it Michigan? What do we got? Keep going. Keep going, Robert. You may never get it. I mean, Louisville it was losing, losing really at home to Louisville and putting themselves back on the other side of the bubble. They have finally worked their way. Onto the right side of the bubble. And now they lose to Louisville at home when Matthew Hurt goes for like 100. I mean, there was no help for Matthew Hurt. Like, give Matthew Hurt credit. He has had one hell of a season. And I don't think people appreciate how well he's played on the offensive end this year because Duke hasn't won at a high level. But, man, he was phenomenal last night. And Louisville, talk about gutting it out. Malik Williams gets hurt about halfway through the game. Doesn't come back. Hopefully it's not serious. And Carly David Johnson fouls out, and Carly Jones somehow wills this Louisville team to a win on the road against not a great Duke team, but a win that's probably going to put Louisville in the tournament, etch him in the tournament. Where if they had lost that game and, and struggled here down the stretch and and gone over, they might not have been in, or they might have been the first four. So Louisville in Duke still got some work to do here. Yeah, um, I'm going to give you a quick stat. Someone was making fun of me for loving numbers. Um, I got I got more numbers for you. When it comes to uh, to offensive rating, they, they these are the top three players when it comes to um, efficiency with a usage rate over 20% of their, their team's possessions. Number one is someone named Jack Ferguson at Colgate, who yeah, I've Jack, never heard of, but whatever. Jack, Two is Corey Kispert. Four is Drew Timmy. Number three, yeah, Matthew Hurt. Wow. Wow. He's been awesome. He He's has been, been awesome. awesome. Um, but for my money, like that wasn't even the biggest storyline of that game. I think the biggest storyline of that game was that Malik Williams came back and then re-injured his foot. Well, yeah. No, but the the biggest storyline still, it, it, it involves Duke because people want to talk about Duke, right? It's still, is Duke going to get in or are they not? Is Michigan State going to get in or are they not? Um, I, I think the storyline is still Duke there. And they were in and now losing that game. What are you smiling at? The, 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 likes the, numbers. the the call the, the comments are going off right now it's everybody loves numbers. Numbers. Not everybody. no lid no lid on a button up for jeff well done yeah i know right i feel i feel no, very like underdressed right now you know no lid on a button up for you they're complimenting you on the fact you look good and ricky he got a haircut too man give him, give yeah, him some you like the haircut man looks good today i'm going um, to Christmas way soon it's only yeah, a matter so, of time before i go holtman oh yeah you need it you need it. Um, the, the last, just the, the one one thing I do do just want to say about Louisville is that with their backcourt, um, their backcourt is one of the best in the country. Like I, I think that they're I don't know if there are five better than them in all of college basketball. Yeah, uh, they have all of these wings 
that are like six five to six eight that can really do a job if you ask them to kind of play the three and the four on a team with a great backcourt and an elite defensive center, which is what Malik Williams is. I think with Malik Williams that this is like a top 20 team in the country, right? Like I'm, I'm that high on Louisville if they can get back to 100%. But between dealing with all of the uh, the COVID pauses and, and the positive that they had and the fact that they just can't get Malik Williams back to 100%, like it just it sucks, man. It really sucks. Um all right, we're about 10 minutes into the stream. Uh, there, I mean, a lot happened yesterday. Um, we got some big games that we got to talk about. Uh, just, I mean, Cade Cunningham going off, I thought that that was really notable because um, it was the first time that we really saw him go into, like, superhuman mode for an entire game. We've seen him have big shots and big possessions. But that was the time where it was, like, every single possession where they needed a bucket, he got him a bucket. Yep. Um, every single time that, that Oklahoma had an answer, he came down and responded. Uh, like it, it was uh, Rob, can I can I interrupt you? Can I say one thing? Go ahead. There should be no more discussion. The discussion should be over for the number one overall pick. It should be over. Forget about your Evan Mobley crap. I'm gonna forget about what I said. I, I want to strike whatever I said about Jalen Suggs a month and a half ago that I thought he might be in the equation for the number one pick. You and I said it before the season, and then it's always like the novelty a little bit where you like see somebody, you're like, wow, you know what? Maybe, maybe. No, no, screw that. Kate Cunningham, I don't care what team, I don't care what GM, I don't care who you are. If you're taking, uh, you get the number one overall pick, you have to take Kate Cunningham. Period. Have to take him. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm. I still, I still love Evan Mobley, but like that performance yesterday, like I, you just can't overlook it. And and here's the thing about it, we still have not seen what I think he does best with his ability to pass and the way that he can manipulate defenses with his eyes and the way he operates in ball screens because Oklahoma State just does not have that shooting that we're used to seeing them have and that he will have in the NBA. So, I I mean, these guys want a little clarification. All right, on Oklahoma State being eligible. They're eligible today. They they got a postseason ban, but they are appealing it. And until that appeal comes through, which it's not going to come through in the next two weeks, they are still eligible for the NCAA tournament. So, Kate Cunningham, Oklahoma State, uh, will be in the NCAA tournament. I have one – listen, I have one coach tell me last night. He's like, listen, his surrounding cast is not very good. So, what he's doing on that team is absolutely remarkable. Their best players other than him are kind of young. Um, but, but again, Kate Cunningham, we, we got to see him in the NCAA tournament. You know, he, the great part is this year you're going to see the top three picks. Top three picks are all going to play, and and they could play like into the Sweet Sixteen, all of them. The top three picks from college. I don't know if if right. all three of them yeah. will go above Jalen Green right. and Jonathan Kaminga. Right. Um, all right, well, I do think that we need to touch on. So, <laughs> Michigan went out and beat um, beat Indiana yesterday. It was it was a smackdown. Like they were, yeah. Indiana is clearly like a, a shell of what we thought that they could be this season. Um, and Illinois went into Wisconsin and, and beat the Badgers without Iowa Sumo, despite Dimitri Trice going just bonkers in the final yeah. uh, final two minutes. That was that was fun to watch. I thought that he was going to bring them all the way back. Yeah. Uh, so, one, I think this was huge for Illinois long-term. We kind of touched on this yesterday, but it's huge for Illinois long-term because it's teaching these young guys how to step up and win 
without having to rely on Io DeSumo doing it all. And I think that that's very important for them in March on a night where, you know, maybe Io doesn't have his best game or Kofi gets in foul trouble or teams are able to sit on Io's right hand and kind of take him away. So I thought that that's, that's really significant what they were doing. But what I do want to talk about is after the game, did you see uh, Brad Underwood's comments? heard about him i didn't see him but i heard about he basically him. said uh he, he basically lobbed uh, a grenade at juan howard saying that they were avoiding games because michigan did not play illinois on that uh that thursday after they came out of um out of their pause and their shutdown which look <laughs> i understand that you're frustrated if you're you're brad underwood and i understand that like <laughs> um you probably wanted to play that game in that moment so you could try to get that win like that was the most advantage you have but i really don't think that you want to poke the bear in this situation where michigan's playing their best basketball of the season and you may or may not have your first team all-american potential national player of the year yeah, i think you why not you think, off right now no but I, I think why not you got to try to rattle them do something different because you're you're clearly outmanned so you might as well try something different here um you know now as far as what he's saying i understand it uh, but i also feel like hey if you're michigan you're going to be smart about this, and 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 you're now you're watching what Scott Drew did, and honestly, Scott Drew wasn't smart about it. He should have waited longer and said, "We're not playing against Iowa State. We're going to get in more practices." Um, I I feel like, again, you got to protect the equity that you built up, and Michigan did that, and Baylor didn't. Mm-hmm. And I I think the best way to say it is this: uh, Brad Underwood is not wrong for being frustrated that he right. wasn't able to get that game. Jawan Howard is not wrong for making sure that he did not play that game if he didn't feel that his team was ready. Both coaches are doing what's best for their team, and I think that that's what they're supposed to do. That's their job. Um, I think that we finally made it, Jeffrey, because we do have we have bots popping up in the comments section asking us if we want to be famous so we can buy followers. So uh, I would not click that. <laughs> that is not that is not a sponsor that we uh, we're getting. Paid I will not by. click that. I, we're I, getting paid I, by our par- partners over at Bet Rivers. Those are the guys that yeah yeah go to Bet Rivers. Don't go to whatever this big follows. <laughs> Please don't go to bigfollows.com. We don't need anyone turning into Russian bots. No. Uh, Fire Chris Collins said that watching that comeback was not fun. If you had the under in Madison, <laughs> I've I've had beats like that too, man. I've had beats like that too, um, and. What else? Oh, man. Creighton lost. Arkansas won. What, do we even need to mention Tennessee? Like, just such a train wreck. Yeah, Tennessee, so- awful. Minnesota, awful. I, I don't think Tennessee is quite on Minnesota. Like, Minnesota's just no, no, no. Tennessee yeah. can turn it around. Um, shout out. We got to give a shout out to North Carolina for that win that they got. Like, that was a huge win for them. Probably got them on the right side of the bubble for now. Uh, Texas Tech, they're back. Snapped a three-game losing skid. Good win. Good win for for Beard. And, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, again, I love this time of year because now you've got all these games that are meaningful games every single day. Like every day you've got good games that either mean something for seeding or mean something for, uh, you know, for bubble teams. Not a ton of them today, but you got two heavyweight heavyweight games today that we should get to. Yeah, we got two big games. All right, let's. Uh, where do you want to start with? We, have, I think, there's three really good games on the schedule for tonight. Um, right. Well, I guess for today for this afternoon. Uh, the big one is Iowa at Ohio State right now at Bet Rivers. That line is Iowa getting three and a half, and the total I believe is one fifty eight. Let me just double check to make sure that's uh, one fifty six point five now. So that total's coming down. Yeah, here's we'll find out. I'm not touching this until I find out whether Kyle Young is playing or not. And, and after shoot around, I'll probably find out. Um, 
somewhere mid afternoon, you know, early afternoon here. What time's that game? Four? That's a four? Yep. Okay. So, yeah, we should find out here sh- shortly whether he's going to go or not. Is it an agent he's dealing with? What's he, what's he dealing with? I can't remember what is it? Is it a foot? No, I don't know. I can't even remember what it is. Um, but he's just so important to their team. So important to their team to me. Um, and, and again, we've talked about it. Iowa State needs uh, Ohio State needs everything. You know, they need all their pieces. Um, it's kind of a sum of their parts type team. And he works so well with EJ Liddell. Um, they're given four at this point. And I think if he's not playing, if he's not playing, I would take Iowa and take the points. If he's playing, I probably take Ohio State. It, it's that simple for me. Yeah. Um, I'm just, I'm really worried about uh, Iowa's ability to guard um, the the way that, that Ohio State wants to play. Like when they spread the floor, the, the the pace and space stuff they do, like trying to match up with EJ Liddell. Like, don't forget the last time these two teams played, um, it was in Cedar Rapids. Is it Cedar? No, Iowa City. It was in Iowa City, and Ohio State won 89 to 85. Um, if Kyle Young doesn't play, I think that the over becomes very, very interesting because I don't know how, like, he's, he's that, that's their biggest body. Um, yeah. And like Zed Key is is good and strong. I think he's got a pretty bright future, but I don't think you want Zed Key trying to go one on one against you the not. Off. not yet. Yeah, not yet. especially when Luca Garza like just kind of got his ass kicked by Hunter Dickinson, and now he's pissed off. Yeah. Like good good luck with that, guys. You got you got a pissed off Luca Garza on your hand. Like I don't. That's gonna be tough to deal with. Um, but yeah, like I'm not convinced that Iowa's defense has like really solved anything after watching him against Michigan. So. Um, I think I kind of like the over in this spot, uh, especially if, the, if that total keeps coming down. Let it, let it go all the way down and see if you can get it like on the bounce back at like one fifty five or one fifty four or something like that. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm a little I'm a little wary of taking a side. I'm I think you're right about that, but I like I like the over, especially if it's keep coming down. Fade the public, guys. Fade the public. Uh, all right, what else do we have? Um, I think Michigan State. And Michigan State at Maryland. Michigan State is getting three points. The total there is 134. Actually, at Bet Rivers right now, it's Michigan State getting two and a half. That total is 134. Jeffrey, are you getting back on Sparty with me? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, again, Maryland's so hard to figure. Um, but yeah, I, I think I'm probably, I don't know. I mean, again, Maryland's just that team that it's so hard to feel good about going with or, or against them. They're, they're, they're completely helter skelter, but I guess I'm just saying like Michigan state's got some momentum. Now, uh, Aaron Henry's playing like a, a, a first team, all big 10 guy. Uh, Langford looks healthier. You, I mean, you know, the thing you worry about is obviously point guard play, but it's not like Maryland has the greatest point guard play either. So I don't think they're going to be completely exposed uh, in that area. I don't, I mean, what are you, what are you going with here? I like Michigan State. There's there's a couple there's a couple reasons for it. Um, one of them is that the the way that Maryland uh, creates mismatches and the way that they function is by kind of having the the all the versatile pieces and like everybody like six five to six seven and um, switching everything and spacing out the floor like that that style of uh, of a ro- of roster build. And I think that Michigan State when they're playing with these these four guards out there can match up with that. I, I think that they can match up with it really effectively. And I would ar- argue that Michigan State has the much better players in that situation. Um, 
if Josh Lankford and Aaron Henry like really are these guys and playing the way that they're playing, that's something that uh, I, I do um, think you need to take into account because they, they're probably going to be the two best players on the floor. Uh, Rocket Watch playing within himself is significant because it gives them another creator. So I just uh, – I, I really do think that Michigan State has turned a corner here. I know that the last time that they, we saw them play against Ohio State, they did get a little bit of a, a benefit of some friendly officiating and a friendly whistle, but yep. uh, at the end of the day – if you're going to say I can have the two best players on the floor, yeah. I can have Tom Izzo against Mark Turgeon, and I can have two and a half points. I- it's kind of how I felt like, you know, to some degree with Bill Self yesterday. It was like, you know, at now that's a different one at home, but it's still like Bill Self, Tom Izzo. If you're getting points with those guys, it's hard to it's hard to go against that, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I want to shout out uh, Colin Gorham. He said, I can't believe Langford's been at Michigan State so long that he's bald now. <laughs> oh, man. Harsh, harsh, like Colin, harsh. Um, one other thing I did just want to address, uh, I don't. I can't remember who said it, but someone asked about um, taking Iowa when they don't have Jack Nungy. Look, I, I, losing Jack Nungy hurts because he gives you another big guy that can kind of space the floor and he's been playing better. But I still think like – that all that does is just mean that Luke needs more minutes on the floor. Like I, I do think that we're probably going to see more of Keegan Murray um, instead of Jack Nunji. And my least favorite lineups that Iowa would, would run out is when Jack Nunji played with Luca Garza. I hate those. I hate those lineups from Iowa. Yeah, well, and, and like the nineteen seventies lineup. That's what that is. Right? Like they had Jack Nunji out there playing on the wing on a zone. Like how does that make? Any, why do you want Jack Nunji guarding someone beyond the three point line? Like that's ridiculous. What are you doing? I don't know. So I, honestly, I don't know. Um, my boy Evans Desir is playing tonight. Oh God! What do you mean? Why do you hate Evans Desir? I I don't. Did you I see have, my boy Le Pepe? Did you see my I boy have, Le Pepe last night? Yeah, yeah, this I did. Is yeah. He took yeah. that hit, man. He took that hit and got right up. Yeah, he did. Um, <laughs> I, the only thing, the only thing, he's got better hair than Le Pepe. Who's got better? Uh, hair? Nobody. 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 I was going to say Matthew oh, Meyer now that he's got the mullet, but nobody does. Yeah, no. Um, the the chat is asking for your new top three, Goodman. Uh, you know, it's just Gonzaga, Michigan, Baylor. That's all. Yeah. I'm dropping Baylor one spot. That's it. Yeah, I mean, you have to. You have to right. because right. we don't know what they're going to be. And and I just one last point, and I I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but I think even even the like the, the most staunch Kansas fans can agree with me on this. I really want to see Baylor find a way to get back to what they were because based on everything that program went through said like 18 years of Scott Drew trying to build that thing up. And he finally has it to a point where they can legitimately go out and win a national title at Baylor. And to see both of these seasons get torpedoed by COVID, like it would just, right. so it's not, it's not fair to those kids. It's not fair to Scott Drew and, you know, it, it would suck if that happened. So I really, really do hope that, that Baylor gets it back. And, you know, honestly, like we've seen Clemson, it took a while, but they're kind of back where they need to be. Like we, we've seen uh, Louisville have just dreadful performances coming out of their shutdowns and then turn around and, and look really good. Um, you know, that two games out and they just went in and they beat Duke, who was one of the hottest teams in the country. So I, I hope, hope, hope that Baylor is going to find a way uh, to get this thing turned around. All right, last game that I want to touch on. I guess we could touch on a couple more. We have Memphis at Cincinnati. We have Pittsburgh at NC State, and we have Villanova at Butler. You like any of those, Jeffrey? Fade Cincinnati. Fade the, fade the Bearcats. That's been my motto all year. So I'm going to take Memphis. 
you know, I don't know if either team's playing for all that much, but Memphis hasn't played in a little bit. Um, given four and a half at Cincy. Yeah, I, I like the Tigers there. Uh, what else did you say? Uh, I said Pitt at NC State and Villanova at Butler. And I also just – we got a comment. Someone said that Jeff Borzello and Jeff Greer have better hair. Hell it's no. True. Hell it's no. True. Pepe, are you shitting me? They have, have great hair. That hair. They have great – have you seen Jeff Greer's new do? Like he's got the poof going. And look, Borzello, Borzello always has the natural flow. All the power to both Borzello and Greer. But uh, when, when they can – listen, nobody can stand up to Le Pepe. And, and, and imagine, too, I want to see either one of them take the hit that Le Pepe took last night. Borzello <laughs> would never get up. I mean, seriously, he'd still be down on the ground after that hit. Oh, yeah, he would. He you would. need to put that that – that hit. You know what? I want to. I, I want to. I want to hit Borzello that hard, like ninety percent of the time. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, I'd love to. Just see if he like his. Honestly, like, if you guys, if you guys want to know what it's like being friends with Jeff Borzello right now, while we're live on this, and he knows that we're live on this, we've gotten thirty-seven text messages on a group that between Goodman and I. Thirty-seven. I'm. I'm just shocked that we haven't had a ding. 37. My phone keeps, I don't know if you guys can hear it on the stream. My phone keeps buzzing. I turned it off. Well, just texting us over and over again. Yeah, I turned it off. Um, all right. Back. So, Villanova at Butler. You got any feel there? Uh, Villanova at Bet Rivers is laying, a, it was 11 and a half. No yes. Aaron Thompson. No Aaron Thompson, from what I'm told. So, uh, yeah, I'm not taking Butler if, if they don't have Aaron Thompson. I, I would I would go Villanova if I'm going to do anything, but Villanova given 11. Yeah, I mean, I'd be apt to go Villanova, but uh, I don't love it. And Pitt is a mess, Colin. Pitt is a mess, but, man, you're getting seven and a half against a, a crappy NC State team for the most part. I know they played well lately. Uh, I'm staying away from that what, one. What happened? What's what's going on there? Do you do you have any insight? I don't know yet. I, you know, there's been so many other things going on that I didn't have a chance to, to chase down what what is going on with those two players leaving. But, you know, you took a couple steps forward. They were going to be good next year. I mean, that's the crazy part is Pitt was going to have a chance to be like, Maybe an NCAA tournament team if everybody came back next year. And uh, now they're gonna they're gonna be like Kevin Stallings's Pittsburgh teams potentially. Yeah, that's that's the only reason that I would be on NC State here. Like seeing everybody just leave Pitt Give makes up. me think that like, yeah, what what are they playing for? They they have yeah. nothing to play for. Nothing. NC State doesn't have anything to play for either. But like at least they're playing at home. At least right. they've had a while to get adjusted to it. But to be like, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm not, I'm not gonna bet that one personally. Just like. I don't really have a feel, but I, I think you got to be on NC State in that spot. How could you? How could you back Pitt right now? Um, and just in terms of uh, Villanova, uh, I think I like Villanova in the spot like quite a bit. Um, it feels like this is when things like this is when Villanova yeah. really kind of like turns it on. Um, you know, it looked like they hit their stride a little bit against St. John's on Tuesday. They actually looked really good against a, a UConn team that has gone out and, and kind of blasted. Um, Georgetown, a blasted Marquette in the last two days. Uh, it feels like the, the tide is kind of turning a little bit. They're getting better defensively. They're getting some stops. Like I got yep. kind of – I feel like – so we got they, – they they're at Butler, then they get Creighton at home on Wednesday. And I feel like after that Creighton game, that, that could be the kind of thing where Villanova smacks Creighton and all of a sudden we're like, hey, we forgot about Villanova. They're sitting here. They're seventeen and three. They're twelve and yep. two in the Big East. So, I kind of want to be ahead of the curve on that one. So, I think I'm jumping on uh, on Villanova in that spot. Um, you got anything else? Anybody in the chat no. got a question? I, I, we get out I of here? Honestly, I feel 
I just feel wrong in this right now without a hat and this. I like need to I need to get done. We need to finish this this pod so I can get the hell out of this. Yeah. I, I um one shout out to Xavier for their win yesterday. I don't think we we mentioned that. Yeah, that was I a love, big one. I love how how reliable it is that we can say something about good about Villanova and then Joe pops up in the in the mentions with with the what, the one hundred emoji every time. <laughs> He's loyal, loyal Nova fans, man. You gotta love them. Gotta love them. All right, guys, uh, it was fun. Hey, tomorrow, um, tomorrow, Robert, our first viewer guest is going to make his appearance tomorrow. You got one tomorrow morning. I got one. I, it, we're all set up. It's a good one too. It's a good one. Right, so make perfect. sure, again, I know a bunch of you reached out. We're going to try to do one per week if we can. The hard part, obviously, is is we got <laughs> so much going on here from here on out. Um, no, I'm not hitting church. Uh, it, would be, it would be synagogue for you, right? But, yeah, I haven't been there. I haven't been there in a long time either. So, uh, no. <laughs> we know. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, make sure you, you, you tune in tomorrow. And uh, I'm not sure the form, format for this. It'll probably be a 10-minute kind of appearance maybe, Rob, and, and then we'll – I don't know. We're going to get, we're gonna have to get picks. We're going to have to put him on the spot. We are going to put him on the spot. He'll he'll be ready to make some picks. He'll be ready to talk a little bit about what happened. So, like, if you want to come on here, you got to be ready to make some picks and you got to be ready to talk a little bit about whatever the uh, the, the big topics were the night before. Or the and day you before. better bring with you some takes. Hot takes only at the field of 68. And a hat. And a hat. <laughs> and a hat. No button downs. No button downs, Vlad. <laughs>